Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP ink and toner cartridges, precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. Industries for the Blind presents Blind Living Radio, where you'll hear interesting topics, fun stories, and important news about our blind and visually impaired community. It's time now for Blind Living Radio. Hello, everybody. You are listening to Blind Living Radio. My name is Danielle Crapo. In the studio is Harley Thomas. Hey, Harley. Hello, Danielle. Another week, and we're back at it. In the beautiful HP Studios. Yes, the beautiful HP Studios. It's just you, I, and a furry friend. A furry friend. You're right. Can I call her a furry friend? You can. I think, you know, I think it's been enough time. You guys know each other. I mean, I could call her, like, a tool. You could, you could, but I would make really mean faces at you. What you perceive are mean faces, right. you mean. <laughs> giving me a hard time. Well, I can't see, so. Well, yeah. you, know. you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm sighted, you're not sighted, or you're blind and I'm not blind. But at the end of the day. I know who the boss is. That's right. That's right. It's the furry friend on the floor, and today we're going to talk more about guide dogs. That's right. So for those listeners who haven't heard, I recently got a new guide dog. Her name is Katie. She's a golden retriever. She's pretty much the most beautiful retriever in the world, I think. Didn't we decide? We did decide that. We took a poll. Yeah. And Both uh, of us that responded. Came back. Right. It was, <laughs> it was 100% unanimous. Yes. So today we are going to be talking with Megan Whelan. She is blind herself and she also does something pretty cool. She actually trains service dogs. No way. She does, I promise. Because someone has to train these dogs before they're given to a blind person to increase their freedom and mobility. Right. And so, Megan does that as so, a blind person herself. Right. So I just we thought it would be cool to uh, have Megan out the show and to you know listen to her perspective on the guide dog. This sounds like that's going to be really cool. I can't wait to talk to Megan. Why don't we dial her up? Okay. Promotions. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. This is Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. You're on the air in the studio with Danielle Crapo. Hello, Megan. Hello. So today we are talking about guide dogs. We were telling the listeners we were sort of virtually introducing them to Katie, my new one. Mm-hmm. So we were saying that it was really cool that you train service dogs being a blind person and that, you know, it's a unique perspective that you can bring to it. And not only do you train, but you also utilize a guide dog. I do. I have tandem dogs almost everywhere I go. That's so cool. It is kind of cool. <laughs> people give you looks. I'm like, why does she have two? Yeah, people do sometimes. And when I'm feeling kind of snarky, I tell them I'm going blind in my other eye, but... I have to be careful who I tell that to because sometimes they believe me. <laughs> That's why I have two dogs. Right? Yeah. Two hours. So, Megan, how how do you actually manage two two dogs to train, and does one learn from the other one? Can you tell us a little bit about, about how you go about the process of of training the puppy into being a yeah, full-blown sure. dog? I take them out together a lot. I work my guide dog on my left, and I have the puppy on my right so that she or he isn't impairing the dog's work at all. For um, your own safety. Right. 
And I think that working the two of them together really helps the puppy quickly to learn how to stay in position and keep a good pace. And I don't have really any problems with my dogs being sniffy or distracted because they're always going at tornado speed like my German Shepherd does. And I, I make a point to take them out occasionally on their own to take the puppies out on their own. And then I have them on my left because most guide dogs work on the left. So I want to make sure they're comfortable on both sides. Sure, because eventually they need to be on the left for most of the users anyway, right? Right, and I also want to make sure that they're comfortable and confident without the other dog, that they're not codependent and they you know, are comfortable with themselves and they're not looking to that older dog for all their guidance and support. So they're not falling into that pack mentality that a lot of times mm-hmm. dogs, yeah. There's yeah. no free ride here, dog, right. puppy. No free ride. So, Megan, how did you get into training dogs? Like, what made you want to do it? I had my current dog at the time. This was back in 2011. She was about five years old, and I was raising a puppy. And about the time that puppy was supposed to start his formal training, I found out that my current dog was going blind. And I was offered the opportunity by the program that I was raising the other puppy for. I was offered the chance to... They said they would support me if I wanted to do his guide dog training. So I did, and I had never trained a dog, or I'd never trained a guide dog. I'd done a lot of training with pet dogs, but I had a lot of support if I needed it. Since I'd worked a couple of my own dogs, I kind of knew, you know, what, what the end result needed to be. I trained him for, I'd say, about, well, it was March to October of that year, and then I went and got him certified out at Guide Dogs of the Desert, which was actually a pretty cool experience. That's awesome. So speaking of certification and that, do you teach the same skills that the schools teach? I do, yeah. I teach. I make sure I cover everything that I was taught in training with my dogs, and then I also talk to the person who's going to be getting the dog and ask if they need any additional training. You know, I had one dog who went to somebody who had broken her ankle in the past and she needed some brace work. If I know the dog's going to somebody who's on a college campus, I spend a lot more time in really crowded, busy, hectic areas. It's sort of like being an urban, no different than than raising a dog in an urban environment or a country environment, depending on where the final user will be. Well, Megan, we are going to take a short break, but I definitely have some more questions for you after that because I think this is pretty cool. My name is Danielle Crapo on the phone with Megan Whalen. She is a service dog trainer in the studio with Harley Thomas. We'll be right back. We'll be right back after a word from Industries for the Blind, Milwaukee, the official sponsor of Blind Living Radio. Blind Living Radio, dedicated to enhancing the blind and visually impaired community while enlightening and educating others. BlindLivingRadio.com Welcome back to Blind Living Radio. Supported by Industries for the Blind in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Learn more at IBMILW.com. Hello, you are listening to Blind Living Radio from the HP Studios. I'm Danielle Crapo, joining the studio with Harley Thomas. Hey, Harley. Hello, Danielle. We're back on the air with Megan Whalen, professional dog trainer. Hey, Megan. Hello. Well, I say dog trainer. It's really a guide dog for the blind trainer. So Megan, on the topic of, you know, training the dog and getting the dog used to all different kinds of environments, do you find that you have access issues with dogs in training? I never have. Um, In the state of Wisconsin, 
service dog trainers are covered with the same access laws as service dog handlers. And I think since I'm coming in with one, they who's well behaved, they just don't mind that I come in with two. I've never been questioned. That's good. That's great. Because I know sometimes I, you know, I get questioned and I'm like, dude, I just want to come in for a burger. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, okay, I, I might know the answer to this, but I have to ask. So we've had episodes of the show before talking about the difference between working a dog versus using a cane. So do you have a preference? Do you have a reason why, you know, you, you want to continue the pairing of people with guide dogs? I think it's fairly circumstantially dependent for me, but most of the time I prefer working with a dog, but I really, really think it's important to have good cane skills too because there's times where the dog's going to need help or there's times where the dog can't go. So I think definitely overall I prefer working a dog, but I really, really appreciate the cane as well. And that's one thing that I think myself as a sighted person don't understand is that if you do have a guide dog, you really need the strong cane skills and I don't most of the schools and, and other trainers require that you have some cane mobility. They just won't, you just can't get a dog. They want to see that you are mobile. Is that right, right Danielle, Megan? Yeah, it's important. They'll come when you're, at least for the school that I went to, when you are in the process of getting your first dog, they'll actually come watch you use your cane skills before they can give you, you know, the clearance to train with a dog. And Megan, same thing you found is, is that's why it's important. Yeah, because I think you need to be aware of your environment in order to successfully travel with a dog. I think the fastest way to get lost is to just assume the dog's going to get it right. <laughs> so. And the dog is a dog, right? I mean, they're, right. they're still dogs. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, I know I, in class I was reminded, like, you know, you can't just tell the dog, go to Walmart and expect the dog to know, okay, we're going to go to Walmart, you know. It's not Siri. You can't say, find Starbucks. Right. Find my local HP retailer. There you go. <laughs> okay, that was, that, was, that, was, that was bad, I know. That's all right. We'll forgive you. So, okay, Megan, one last question for you. Do you have a breed preference? Because right now I'm all about the Goldens. You know, I've mostly worked with German Shepherds and Doberman. And for my personal use, I prefer a dog that's more along those lines. You know, they're theoretically, usually, I guess, they're much more one-person dogs, less likely to distract on people, and I'm really introverted, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Of course, this time I have a German Shepherd who thinks she's a Labrador. So That's funny. So much for that. But I think I prefer working with those breeds partially because in some ways they are more of a challenge to get through to, but they're frighteningly brilliant once you do get through to them, and it's a lot of fun. And they work really, really well once they mm-hmm. fall into the routine of, I, right. I, I get to lead a person around. This is really cool. Yeah, and like the Dobermans, it's, you got to be careful when you're training them because you show them something once and they've got it. So if you show them wrong the first time, it's going to take a lot to get it right. Jeez, no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure for the trainer <laughs> right? at all, ever. So. Megan, uh, I guess a final question. When you have a dog that you're training, are you training it for a specific person from being a puppy or does that person get assigned later? Sometimes I volunteer with a local service dog organization, and then they're not matched until they're all the way through training. Um, But I also do independent contract work, and with those dogs, um, I pick them out with the person that they're going to go to, and I raise them. So far, the ones I've done, I've raised from a puppy, and we've, you know, evaluated their temperaments and their energy levels at that point. And um, 
hopefully so far we're doing well and they fit into what we need them for but you know i think they both have their pros and cons of course because sure you can only put so much um you can only put so much of a guarantee on an eight-week-old puppy but <laughs> it's you a puppy them so much yeah well, thank you so much, Megan, for being on the show. I wish you success in, in the dogs that you train. Great, thank you. Thank you, Megan. And I want to thank you for joining us on Blind Living Radio, educating us a little bit more about training guide dogs. Uh, wish you the best of luck. I'm Harley Thomas with Blind Living Radio in the studio with Daniel, Daniel Crapo. See you all soon. Thanks for listening to and supporting Blind Living Radio. You can support Industries for the Blind by ordering any of our products from blind-made.com. That's blind-made.com. Blind Living Radio is brought to you by HP Ink and Toner Cartridges. Precision engineered to work together with your HP printer. 